Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go out to the Orion Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. They are truly sets beyond convenient. There we find Hurricane's great Leon Searcy, star of Catholic's First Comics that aired the 30 for 30 this past week. Leon, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. What did you, uh, what did you, did you get a chance to see the finished product this weekend? And what did you, what did you think of the job they did on the movie? Um... <laughs> yeah, I think they did a good job on the movie. Too much Notre Dame, though. Yes, I didn't realize so much Notre Dame in the movie. Um, but I, um, we, we gave a real assessment of of the game at that particular time. On the, one of the most unfortunate things about that game is I didn't play in it. I, I was very surprised. I was uh, put, you know, throughout the documentary, knowing that I was on the sideline watching the game, but. It still was an experience being on the sideline watching those two great teams go at it toe for toe. So they they, they sold you on this this even Steven movie, and then you you watch it and you're like, what, what is this? This is Irish propaganda. What is this I, nonsense? It was, it, it was nothing but propaganda. I, I you know it was Notre Dame propaganda um, about the '88 season, in which they shouldn't have won a title in the first place. A bogus call, and um, they made it seem like. Um, that, that title was justified when it really wasn't. So I was I was thrown off by that aspect of the the documentary, um, but it was still fun. It was still fun to, reflecting on that game. Um, that game could you know cost us a national title. We could have won three in a row while I was there at Miami. Leon, y- you had to know though, right? It's Notre Dame. You had to know under no circumstances where they're gonna like make it even. Look at where that school is right now. They need something positive to say about that school, so that's where they went. Well, yeah, they went at our at our expense, of course. Um, um, but hey, it, it was it was um, you know, Notre Dame had to become a rivalry some particular point at some particular year, because we had smashed them the years before. <laughs> so this was their opportunity to uh, legitimize their season, and and they talked about the game like they just pummeled us, and they won by one freaking point. Um, and if we had kicked the extra point that year, we probably would have tied, uh, been co-champions, national titles. But uh, like I said in the documentary, I, I couldn't fathom wearing a ring with Notre Dame, knowing that I tied with Notre Dame. So I, I probably wouldn't have wore it, like I said in the documentary. I wouldn't have wore the ring. Talking but about- it was a great experience being on the sideline with that game. It, it was it was a very exciting game, as I remember Talking to Leon Searcy, he was in Catholics vs. Comics Hurricanes. Great, uh, glad enough to have him join us here. Uh, that was, yeah, that was one of the things that I was, I was crazed about. Is like, th- th- you know, you, you had everybody here sitting and reflecting on it, and even still, after after the the, the looks at the replays, they were just like, nah, nah, it was it, w- it was a fumble for sure. No, it was justified. We all still won. I, I I couldn't believe how no one's still bouncing after all the evidence in front of their face. It was wild to me to watch that. <laughs> you know, it was wild to me to watch is that, is that, um, the former players at Notre Dame justified the fact that uh, it was a fumble 
And one guy even had the audacity to say that he tipped the ball and the ball was rolling off of Cleveland Gary's wrist or oh, elbow. What the he was that saying. was terrible. That the ball was moving and that he fumbled it. it I mean, that was it was so bogus. That, I mean, they're living in fairyland in Notre Dame. They, they wouldn't do anything to say that they beat us and won that national championship. If we had instant replay, like Coach Johnson said, uh, no, uh, Lou Holtz would be right now at home with no rings because we definitely would have won that game and probably uh, went on to win you know, back-to-back national titles. But it's just amazing to me that those former Notre Dame players, uh, they're so enthralled about that game, but you won by one point. And we gave you that by going for two. We could have cooked the extra point and tied you and still been ranked number one. But, Leon, you, you know how you've been around football players long enough and they want to have an imprint on the game. So that's one of those guys that, oh, yeah, I touched it and I caused the fumble. You know, so that that's kind of how that works. My well, question it's like, this. it's like this: a lie don't care who mouth would jump in, and it was all <laughs> in his mouth in that documentary. It's great. My my question is this though: like when you see where the two schools have gone since then, is that the last time? I mean, Notre Dame has really been relevant. I mean, they played in a national championship game, but they got stomped, and mm-hmm. Miami has won. I think. Two national championships since then, hasn't it? It was two. Yes. Right. Yeah. We, and and yeah. three. I'm sorry, three. And, and so from from that standpoint, I mean, this does more for them than Miami because after that game, Miami re. I mean, has done a lot in college football, and Notre Dame has really hadn't done anything. Well, that's true. I think the documentary more uh, was reflecting on the fact that. Uh, both schools literally hated one another. I mean, seriously hated one another. I don't know if that's that, you've got that kind of intensity. It is. There's some games you, um, with teams, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Florida, Miami, Florida State, Florida. I, mean, I don't think there's a bitterness that was um, as collective as it was in 88 in the fact that Notre Dame and Miami really, really despise one another. I mean, I have a hate hierarchy where Notre Dame is at the top of it. I mean, that's that's how intense and bitter that rivalry was in 1988 because, you know, we had a sense of what Notre Dame was, they had a sense of what we were, and we had a sense of what they thought we were, and we didn't like it either way. So I don't know if there there ever be a college football game on that kind of stage with so much at stake with two teams that hate each other so much. Um, I mean, 1988 was special. I mean, uh, the hype behind it, the TV hype behind it, um, the fans going at it back and forth. I just couldn't imagine Facebook and Twitter and Instagram back then. I mean, it would have got ugly. Um, but we had I had a great time watching the game. Um, you could tell by the loss in 88, Jimmy Johnson's face, he really wanted to beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. And uh, to come up short like that. Um, it was disheartening, but it's fun to look back at now over 20 years ago or close to 20 years, how intense that robbery was back then. Now, you guys, were you guys aware of the, the shirt when you got to Notre Dame? And, you know, how did you guys feel about it? Because I know a lot of people do things in the stands when you're playing and you kind of laugh it off, but sometimes you don't. And I'm just curious to know, what did you guys think of that when you played in that game? Well, we, I, I didn't do me personally. I can only speak for myself personally. I didn't know anything about the shirts right. afterwards. I didn't know anything about the Catholic versus Conflicts uh, shirts until after we had lost the game. And I mean, 
essentially I got even more pissed off that we lost the game. I mean, we won the game with a laugh it off as, you know, uh, you know, a couple of jerks, you know, put these shirts together or whatever. But to uh, to call those guys, and, and, you know, a, a lot a lot of that convict thing had to do with the, the fact that, you know, Notre Dame was predominantly a white school, Catholic school, and the University of Miami football team was predominantly black. And the perception of what these, these guys were just running the streets, robbing people. But no, no one ever reflected on the fact that a uh, mass majority of our guys who played at the University of Miami all graduated from college, 90% of the guys who, maybe 95% of the guys who played African-American players were graduating from Miami. Uh, we're doing the right things. And, you know, it, with any school, you're going to have people who, do, you know, offset and do some things they're not supposed to do, but that's at every college campus. But I think that um, the shirt, you know, straddled racial boundaries when you call yourself Catholics and call us convicts and not really knowing that the guys that were on our team were upstanding citizens for the most part and graduated and went on to do great things. So um, has the social um, parameters now, when you look at it, uh, when you're an 18, 19-year-old kid, you, you look at it and you laugh and say, what, you know. But now as you get older, you realize what the shirt was really saying. And that's the sad part about it because I think it actually took away from a, a very interesting and outstanding game um, that I was a part of, and only as you get older, you realize what those the people in Notre Dame were essentially saying about the African American players on the University of Miami football team. Well, that was one of the things that I was bothered with too, because you know there were people yelling back at at the the, the former Hurricanes this week when it's coming out, who said, "Yeah, that did cross the line," saying, "Well." You guys embrace the bad boy image. You guys wore the fatigues and not realizing that it does cross a line at some point. And I think that when you mentioned before what this rivalry would have been like today, that wouldn't have flown today. Like, especially in, in a world where we're getting more politically correct and politically sensitive, you're not calling to school a bunch of convicts. That's that's not that's not OK today. And it's almost like just because it was long ago, it has some romanticism to it, like Musburger was talking about. I was like, what the hell is he what, what is he talking about? This this. Oh, it's got the brand name to it. So I think that hearing this uh, this still getting a pass was was still bothersome to a lot of people. Yeah, but there's Notre Dame. Um, you know, they essentially they're going to get that pass um, even to this day. I mean, uh, watching the documentary, uh, you know, you saw Musburger say uh, even seeing the shirt to this day brings a smile to my face. That I was like, really. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know where to take that, where he was going with that. Uh, maybe he was talking about the game, but, uh, you know, calling um, a bunch of uh, uh, essentially black players uh, convicts, uh, you know, that stings. I mean, you could see it, you could see it in a documentary when Cleveland Garrett, I mean, here's Cleveland Garrett, a guy who was uh, – Damn, a rogue scholar who was recruited by all the Ivy League schools, but chose University of Miami. Graduated school with nearly a 4.0. He damn sure ain't no convict. I mean, this guy is at the upper echelon, at, you know, at the University of Miami. We had a we had a whole plethora of guys who were like that, with his outstanding students. I mean, so to call these guys convicts was just a slap in the face. To be quite honest with you. Um, so you know. You know, guys, as guys get older, they look at it and um, they're not laughing as much as they were when they were, you know, younger and naive and had no idea. 
what they were essentially saying. But guys that are older now can reflect upon that. And it's just like in the media when they call African-Americans that do something, they call them thugs, you know. It's the same way. It's the same content. So, Leon, just to, to break away from the documentary for one second, uh, your thoughts on Mark Rick's first year in the Gables and the opportunity for Miami to maybe go to Orlando, play West Virginia, and maybe win the first bowl game in 10 years. Well, I'm excited. I mean, I've never been more proud of a, a team uh, than the University of Miami this year. You know, they won their first four games. They lost four in a row. So they easily went in the tank. So they easily gave up on the season. Uh, but that had a lot to do with the coaching and the coaches that keep these guys motivated and kept them, you know, in the process that, hey, we could still win some games. So to win the last four and to play in a bowl um, in Orlando, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about the players that have progressed. Um, we played better. Our last four games, we got better. Offensive line played a lot better. They protect a little bit more. They ran the ball decently. I love our defense. I love the way we get after each other. I love those three linebacker studs that we have. Love what we have in the secondary. Um, we've got a lot. We got a lot of look. You know, a lot of positive going on uh, with the program uh, moving forward. So I'm excited about it. I, I love the hiring of Mark Riss. I love the the coaching staff that he brought together. And uh, I haven't been down there, but it's the former guys that have been down there and seen the practices and seen how they get after it. It reminds us of the days of old when we, you know, where competition is a must. You know, nobody's job secure, and each and every day you gotta go out there and make it happen. I like that. I like that kind of attitude. I like what he's bringing to the table, and I'm, I'm hoping in somewhere in the near future that we can pull a national championship. He's Leon Cersei, the great Leon Cersei. Thank you for the time today, sir. Appreciate Th- it. Thanks, Leon. You got it. Leon Cersei. Follow him on Twitter, too, at LeonCersei72. You can follow him there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.